Praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise his name forevermore. For endless days we will sing your praise, oh Lord, oh Lord our God. You thought of us before the world began to breathe. And you knew our names before we came to be. You saw the very day we'd fall away from you. And how desperately we need to be redeemed. Lord Jesus, come lead us. We're dead. Search our hearts and purify our lives. We need your perfect love. We need your discipline. We're lost unless you guide us with your life. So Lord Jesus, come lead us. We're dead.
use songs like this and I feel like I feel like it's part of my job to make sure that as we comb through these songs that we spot anything that might lead our hearts astray because the enemy does that, doesn't he? He takes a whole lot of truth with just a little bit of deception to get our eyes off of him, right? Not saying we're gonna sing a song full of deception, but I do wanna make sure that we clarify that as we sing a song about the Holy Spirit coming and flooding this place and filling this atmosphere, I wanna make sure that we remember, church, that like the Holy Spirit's already here among us. Done, check, he is here. Right? And so part of our job and our responsibility here now and what we do as we sing this is to recognize, not to get ahead too much in the, in the service, but, but that that Holy Spirit that's already here meeting with us desires to come and, and, and actually fill us and indwell us. And sometimes it takes that muscle memory of taking our brains back to this and remembering to pray that. Lord, I want to walk in light of your presence every moment, every day. And so as we sing this here, hope and prayer is that you would take this then from this place and that you'd sing it through your through your week so that the Holy Spirit would not just be here in this place as we've gathered together but among you as you go in your marriages in your workplace in your parenting in all the things that we do so let's let's make sure as we sing this song that we remember that that he has already come he is already here and our singing to fill the atmosphere is is more that we, we take what is here and open our hearts and allow him to come in and change us. Sing together. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. No thing can compare. You're our living hope. We're here in your presence. this morning church
sometimes so many of us come into this place feeling like we're alone in what we're going through and father today we've sung words and we've acknowledged truths that lord we didn't walk in here alone that your holy spirit is here with us that it has come with us and that it is here with us this morning we don't have to beg or ask for you to show up today you are here father today may we be open to everything you would say to us Lord, may your word be so clear in our hearts and our minds this morning that, God, there could be no doubt of where it came from. That, Lord, we wouldn't wonder if it's something that we thought of. We would know that you have spoken to us, in us today, Father. Lord, however you choose to do that, we're open to it. Whether it's through the words of the songs that we sing, whether it's through the words that you've given to Pastor Brian this morning to speak for us to hear, Lord, whether it's through the interactions that we have with each other, God, may we know that it has been of you today. Lord, let us be aware of who you are and what it is you want for us today. Father, may we take comfort from the knowledge that you're here with us today. May we take strength from that knowledge and peace and energy. Father, remind us just how much you want for us. Thank you for all that you have done for us, all that you are doing for us. And Lord, the things that we can't even begin to anticipate that you're doing for us. Thank you so much. It is a blessing to be here in your presence and in the presence of your people. It's your name. We thank you for that. Amen. You may be seated. Let us become more aware of your presence. It's a powerful lyric. It's a powerful prayer. It's a bold prayer. Don't pray it or sing it unless you really mean it. Because uh, when he does show up, it could be overwhelming. A few months ago, when we were left on, on our way to vacation, uh, we, with little kids, I, I like to drive at night. Um, for frank, unspoken reasons, I think everybody understands that. And we, we left to head south, and family our size, we, we had two cars. And I'm thankful for that, because if, if it wasn't for the second car, I would have questioned what I saw. And we were a little bit south of Columbus, it had been storming. And there's a flash of lightning, and all of a sudden, I, I see something I'd never experienced before, but from, from one end of the horizon to the next, the whole sky, it's, it's pitch black, middle, middle of the morning, about three in the morning, the, the, the sky turned uh, this uh, neon or, or kind of a fluorescent blue just flashed in the middle of the night, and it was like, what was that? And if, if Seth hadn't been driving the car behind me, and he hadn't seen it too, I would have questioned what it was that I had, had saw. Do a little bit of research, and it's a weather phenomenon that all around us there are, are these ions, these positive, negative charged particles around us that you can't see, but they're always there. And in that moment, with, with the lightning and the way that the storm was kind of electrifying the sky, those ion particles flashed. It was incredible. And, and I mean, what, what just happened? Uh, so it's one of those reminders, though, that all around us, just as are these things that we can't see, so is... Holy Spirit. He's there. Waiting for that lightning bolt, if you will, ignition, that recognition, that, that acknowledgement, that awareness that he's all around us. And, and I'm thankful for that, for those reminders occasionally that, that I need, because we do get distracted. And this talk, conversation we've been having about spiritual formation is, is a reminder for us that God is intentionally at work around us all the time. We talked two weeks ago about being shaped, about being centered, about being prepared, about being put on a wheel where God is the potter, 
where God instructs the prophet Jeremiah to go down to the potter's house and I'm going to show you something. I'm going to give you a message. And as he's watching the potter do what, what potters do, just forming a simple bowl or a jar or a vessel, God begins to reveal to Jeremiah what he's up to in the lives of his people. He's still up to in the lives of those whom he's created. Shaping, put a little bit of pressure, getting us centered, helping us revolve and rotate around him. And then he starts to lift us and to shape us and to create us. And then when he gets to the right size, he sticks his fingers inside of us and he begins to empty us of us and then pull us up and to make us into something that's useful for him. Taking the scars and and those parts of us that we don't like and, and he's reshaping and repurposing Preparing us for the reason for the re- that we were created to bring him glory. That ever-increasing glory. A life that brings God glory. And last week we had a really challenging conversation about going through the fire, about being fired. Being thrown into the furnaces of life, those hot moments, those moments that we would rather not go through. How God uses those moments to prepare us. And when we're not prepared, when we're not centered, when all the air bubbles haven't been worked out, we had an example. We saw where God, those pieces of our lives just kind of fracture and blow up in the furnace. Yet God takes those pieces, those fragments, and in a way only that he can, he, he kind of reshapes them into something beautiful. But why does God do all this? Well, because there's a reason you were created, that, that I was created, that God has us here. And, and part of that reason is to share life together, to be in a community. But in this process of being shaped, being fired, the next step is being filled. God then fills us. We have to be filled in order for us to fulfill our intended purpose. If we're just a vessel that sits on a shelf or a bowl that sits in a cabinet and we're never utilized, then what's the point? It's, it's kind of useless. So we want to be filled so that we could then be used, so that God could then be glorified, so his purpose in our lives could then be fulfilled. But this idea of being filling, it can be a difficult one to understand and, and to fully grasp. We're reading in Acts chapter 2 today, so if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and open there. But a little bit of context, Acts chapter 1, Jesus has resurrected from the dead. He's been meeting with his disciples, been appearing on and off. And now we find him showing up, giving them one last bit of instruction. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 5, he says, I want you to, to wait. We all love to wait, don't we? It says no one ever. Wait on the gift that I'm going to send you. Wait. Well, I don't like to wait. I like to go through the drive-thru and get my food quickly. I like, to put, I like to get home and for dinner to be done right away. I don't want to wait. And television shows have picked up on this. You don't have to wait for the next episode any longer. You, you can watch the whole season of a show in one sitting if you have Netflix or whatever your, your streaming platform might be. People, the culture is learning. We don't like to wait. So let's give it to them all at once. And they'll, they'll pay for it. And we do. But Jesus says, I want you to Wait. Because there's something good coming. I don't know if you've ever waited on a gift. Uh, you've ordered something online, and, you, you, and it tells you it's going to come in a few days, and you, you're just so excited about what's coming, you, you just can't wait to get it. And then you finally receive it, and you open it up, and it's like not what you expected. It was a little disappointing. Last year, my wife ordered her mother some, a gift for Christmas. It was, it was a, a kind of a, a Christmas village decoration to put around the Christmas tree. And, and she talked to her brothers about coming together and buying her mother this Christmas village. And they, they all agreed how much mom would like this. So that, that they, they pulled their money together and Amy ordered this village. And she was so excited. And it came in the mail. And then she realized that it was this big and not this big. And so often in life, that's what happens is, is we expect something bigger and it turns out to be smaller and it's just not what we were waiting on the gift disappoints jesus instructs his disciples to go and wait on a gift that will not disappoint a gift that will provide ultimate fulfillment and we all like to be full don't we We, i mean we've got the holidays coming up here soon and and we like to be full whether it's on trick-or-treating candy or thanksgiving dinner or, or christmas cookies whatever it might be we have a lot of opportunities in the coming weeks to be full kind of loosing the belt type of full. We've all been to those places where we just love what it is we're partaking in and we want more of it and we keep going until we're full. 
Perhaps you've said it, or my kids say it all the time. When we tell them, eat your vegetables, what's their response? I'm full. Until you get the ice cream out. Then all of a sudden, there's magically more room in their stomachs. See, that's how we are. We, we tend to think, well, life is full until it's not, until something else comes out that we want to be involved in or to engage in. So this idea of being full is a tricky one. It's a common word. It's, it's a simple concept. We get it. And it's an important one as well. And we're going to talk about today what it means to be filled or full. Many of you have heard uh, the evangelist uh, Stephen Manley, and he talks about this Acts chapter 2 filling moment as the turning point in the history of the kingdom of God. It's powerful. Now, I'm not going to stand up here and tell you that the message you're about to hear will be the turning point in the history of the kingdom of God or in this church. I, I'm not that pretentious, but I do hope that God begins to speak to us in some pretty unique and powerful ways today. And I hope it builds upon where we've been. And I hope next week builds upon this week and that God continues to help us to grow, to become, as he continues to shape and to mold and, and, and to fire us. But to understand what Manley's trying to say, we go all the way back to Matthew chapter 4, when Jesus is led by the Spirit out into the wilderness. And, and Manley talks about how Jesus returns from, from that um, 40 days in the wilderness of fasting and praying and, and being tempted. He comes back and there's this understanding that now Jesus is Spirit-sourced. He's ready to go. He's been primed. He's been filled. He's, he's fired up. It's now time to begin his earthly ministry. He then spends the next three years with his disciples who are man-sourced, who are sourced by their own understanding, who are sourced by what the world has taught them, who are sourced by everything physical. And Jesus, being spirit-sourced, spends the next three years emptying them of themselves, preparing them to also become spirit-sourced. And we find ourselves in Acts chapter 2. And what we find in the first two verses of Acts chapter 2, uh, this, this unique word that we've already talked about a little bit, called filled or full. Let me read one and two for you. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now in the NIV, our English translation, the day of Pentecost came, we use the word came, uh, but in, in the original text or, or Greek version, it uses the word filled. When the day of Pentecost was fulfilled, when, when the time was fulfilled, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound of, like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house. And what's curious about what, how Luke writes in this uh, beginning of Acts is that he uses the, the same word for, for these two um, uses of filled. But if you keep reading, there's a third use. We'll get to that in just a moment. The day of Pentecost came and, and the house was filled. It, it's the same word. It's, it's a word, Greek word, sumpleroo. Sumpleroo means that the time has come to fruition. It has come to completion. It's been filled up completely. The sound is pleroo. So while the time, sumpleroo and pleroo, is the same usage of the word to fill, to, to be full. So the room is now filled with sound. The day of Pentecost has, has come. Now remember, Pentecost was, this, uh, was originally started as a celebration of the Passover. The Passover was in celebration of Jesus and the Spirit passing over the Israelites when they were in Egypt. It was a recognition of God's grace and his salvation. But bringing them out of Egypt, bringing them out of slavery to freedom, to the promised land. That narrative is repeated in the New Testament. Jesus came to bring life, to bring freedom from us, from, from our sinful captivity, to help us reach, get to the place where we can enter into the promised land that God even has for us. So the, the time of the Passover, of Pentecost, came. It was fulfilled. This was the time. This was a kairos moment. The time had come. It was now ready. This gift that we've been waiting on was about to arrive. They got the notice on their phones that their, their package would be delivered that day. And, and here it shows up, but not the way they expected. They didn't know what to expect. And here they are in the upper room praying, the believers, numbering about 120. They're praying together. And, and Scripture tells us that a sound, like the blowing of a violent wind, came from heaven and filled. The sound filled the house. This word uh, filled, the word sound, pleuro, means to complete. 
to fill to capacity. To volume. It, it talks about filling a container. In this context, the room is the container. It's full of the Spirit. It speaks to presence. Then what, then now there's presence of something there now that wasn't there previously. To fill to the top or to the brim. To be filled by the presence of something. Perhaps today you filled a coffee cup or a cereal bowl. Today we're talking about the Spirit filling the room. And might, might, what might happen if the Spirit violently would just blow into this place and fill this room? What would our reaction be? Maybe, let's be honest, a little bit of fear? A little bit of uncertainty? Like, what's going on? Is the roof about to, to blow off? What, what, where, what's happening around us? But for the believers, they've been preparing. They've been waiting. They've been praying. So they were at the place where they were expecting something. But what they're about to find, I don't think any of us is really ever prepared for until it happens. This pleroo filling, an important distinction I want us to understand before we go any further, is something on the outside comes inside. Something from the outside fills what's on the inside. It's an outside-in type of filling. Now, grammatically, pleroo is written in the active tense. So if you're a grammar or an English teacher, you know what this means. But basically what it's saying is that the subject is what completes the action. So in verse 2, it's the sound that's doing the filling. The Holy Spirit is what's filling the room. The very Spirit of Jesus that's responsible for this infilling, this baptism of the Holy Spirit, has now come. That Spirit that he promised to his believers. The, one, the Spirit that he said, you will need this to become who it is that I've saved you to be. This spirit will be with you all the time. It'll be around you constantly. It's waiting to be ignited so that the world could see who I am. There's nothing that those who are waiting did to bring about the pleroo of the spirit. They were just being obedient, waiting, preparing. And this is the feeling, if we're honest, that many of us come wanting on a Sunday morning. It's what we come expecting to experience. We, we, we've been in services where it's happened before, and we like it. We like when this, it seems like the, the floodgates of heaven open up. We like it when it, it seems like God has just poured himself out upon us. We, we like being in the presence, but we pause or we stop. Or we even draw the line at wanting the presence in us. There's a difference. We say, God, fill the room. God, give me a new refreshing but for most, we stop here. Perhaps not understanding that there's more. Or recognizing that God wants to do something else. Maybe being even unwilling to go any farther. Or any deeper. This is all we're willing to give. Spirit, just, just come, you pour yourself out on us. I, I like that. But when that happens, there should be a change within us. Make no mistake, church, the Spirit has been poured out. We, we don't see another uh, encounter in, in Scripture where this happens again. So the sound has come. The sound is still around us. The Spirit is still here. God doesn't give it, and then it goes back home to recharge. God doesn't give a little bit, and then they come back later and give you more. He gives you to you all at once. The Spirit is around us. The question is, do we recognize it? Are we aware of it? Do, do we sense it? Do we respond to it? See, there isn't this emptying and refilling of a spiritual bathtub, so to speak. The sound is still here. There's nothing we do, no action that we, we take that will bring about the Spirit refilling in this way. It just doesn't happen that way. God has done the work. God has poured out. God has given the Spirit. And we recognize His presence. It's not a new outpouring, but rather it's a new awareness of a Spirit that was already there. This is a little bit, this might be deep for some and maybe completely confusing for others. I understand that. But we're all searching for it. We're, we're, we're all wanting it. We're wanting to be filled or fulfilled in life. We, we, we allow other things to come in and fill us when there's that void. We're constantly trying different ways or using different things to bring us fulfillment. God's saying, I've already done it for you. Just make yourselves or, or listen or put yourself in a place where you're aware of all these moments for the believer, for the church, they're exciting. When we become aware of the room being full, 
when we become aware that God is among us, that that could be an exciting, beautiful expression of of worship. It's a powerful time. But church, this isn't even the best part. The best part's yet to come. We see in the first two verses of Acts that this this use of the word fill, pleuro. If we keep reading in Acts chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, we read that they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, in our English language, we kind of think of the same thing. Something outside coming in, a kind of a container being filled up, a certain amount of something being put into something else. But this is the kingdom-changing moment that Manly speaks of. This is the shift from the Old Old Covenant to the New Covenant. It's in this moment where God is no longer just going to walk with us. It's in this moment where God now is going to walk in us. God is not going to just walk with us in the fire. God's going to walk in us through the fire. This is why spiritual formation matters, because we get to learn and, and, and understand what it is God's doing in his word. While the NIV Bible or other Bible translations uses the same English word filled, the meaning is significantly different in the Greek. See, Luke shifts gears and uses a different word. Plato or pimplemi. Pimplemi or plato kind of a play on the same words, the same root, meaning to fill or to fulfill or to accomplish. It means to permeate, to saturate, to fill to the max. It implies being filled to capacity. The focus now is not being filled by volume, but rather with content. It it speaks of something not present being made present. While pleuro is filling from the outside in, pletho is a filling that occurs from something that's already present. It's a filling that comes to completion. It's a filling that occurs from the inside out, not the outside in. It's a complete and total permeation and saturation of content. What's the content? Holy Spirit. To be completely now inside of us, saturated by the Holy Spirit. This is that kingdom-changing moment. This is where the story takes a different turn. See, Plato implies that the Spirit that's already present soaks through us and flows out of us. This is a sanctification moment, if you will. An emptying of ourselves, an indwelling, a filling by the Spirit of God from the inside out. We're created by God in the garden in his image. What's the image of God look like? We tend to think physical, but I don't think it's a physical conversation that we're we're told about in the garden. It's a spiritual one. The characteristics of God, who God is, were formed in his image from the inside out. So spiritually speaking, when the Holy Spirit comes, it's not this external filling that we should long for rather an internal expression of being filled. We've heard the phrase soaked to the bone, to saturation from the inside out, or, or, or southern iced tea, saturated with sugar. Now, as a chemist, there's this idea, this concept called supersaturation. And you, you could get a certain amount of iced tea or of sugar in iced tea and you could stir it up. But after a while, what happens to if you have too much sugar in there? It settles to the bottom because the water can't saturate or absorb any more sugar until you heat it up. That's why you, you do it while the tea is hot. There's a reason for it because the, the, the heat allows the water to, to become super saturated with the sugar. That's why you got southern iced tea that almost tastes like syrup, and it is good stuff. And, and, and McDonald's has the best uh, iced tea around here. Uh, and there's other, you go down south, and it's a real battle. You go to these restaurants, we've got the best southern iced tea. It's, it's like this competition about who can get the most in a glass of tea become super saturated with the Holy Spirit. Think about that. Some of us are content with a little bit, slightly sweet. Some are content with just, just regular sweet. But church, I hope we never settle until we're super saturated. And to be transparent, to be honest, don't we all go through seasons where we like the artificial sweetener? To be filled with the fake stuff? It's tough, I get it. I've been there. God wants to supersaturate us with all that he has for us. 
Verse 4 again, all of them were filled with the Spirit. They began to speak another language as the Spirit enabled them. This place, though, that this pimpleme filling implies that the Spirit moves and comes upon us and fills us for a reason, on purpose. We, we see this verb to fill, this, this playtho pimpleme used 416 times in the New Testament. It always speaks of transference for use. You're filled with the content so that it can be given to others. And that's how God works. We're given his spirit, not so we feel good about ourselves or we enjoy our times of worship. That's certainly part of it. But if that's all of it, then we're missing it. We're given it so that we can then can go and give it to someone else. And don't you think we live in a world who needs a real expression of God's powerful Holy Spirit? But we often don't take it with us because we're content with the pleuroo. God, fill me from the outside, but I'm not going to let you on the inside. Or I don't understand the inside part yet, or I feel in, in, incapable, or, or I feel inadequate of the inside part. So Lord, that, you, you can't use me. And we go back to this whole conversation about allowing God to shape us. But what we're going to allow to fill us. See, we like being in his presence, but we don't necessarily love the idea of his presence being in us fulfillment of his purposes timing's perfect when the day of pentecost came on this particular day jerusalem is filled with pilgrims coming into town to celebrate the passover the crowd uh, the, the potential it has it, never been like this there's no other time of year where it's like this and, and the languages that, that the spirit allows the people to speak were necessary to share the gospel truth that, that peter then shares in acts chapter three and four and this teaches me, teaches us something critical when we talk about holiness and sanctification and being filled with the Spirit. It's for God's purposes. Not so that we feel good. Not so that our lives become less chaotic or less hurtful. So that God could be glorified. It's the whole purpose of being spiritually formed. It's to add to the ever-increasing glory of God. His Spirit was already present. The sound had filled the room. The believers were baptized in the Spirit. And this Plato filling takes an already present Spirit and saturates the believers and leads to the very first revival service. When Luke talks about tongues and land, he's not saying that the Spirit of this multi... in such a way that's to confuse people, but rather Luke is, is, talks about how Peter is giving this multilingual preaching because that's what was needed in that moment to reach the crowd for God's purposes, for God's glory. Not something outside coming in temporarily. It was something already inside that's now coming out. And the Spirit's permeating presence comes out in this ministry moment, and we see the kingdom of God grow. And church, that's what we need to be about, is the kingdom of God. The Spirit's going to show up and make himself known, and we'll be able to recognize him when we as a church become passionate about growing the kingdom of God, about fulfilling his will, about praying that his will would be done, not our own. Just as God created man in his image in the Garden of Eden from the inside out, he completes his work in and through his creation today inside formation we become an instrument an expression the very spirit of jesus we become a vessel for the spirit's moving and fulfilling and we accomplish god's intended purposes in the world around us what might happen if we looked at our lives with this in mind consider how much control uh, our circumstances have over our attitudes our feelings and emotions and when we forget that we're god's handiwork we, we allow other things to fill us what if instead we would allow him to fill us, use us as he saw fit? How often do we get overwhelmed by the world out to get us or the world out to get in us? Let's not miss the difference that God can make when we fully surrender to him.
keep reading in Acts chapter 2, or Acts chapter 4, I'm sorry, you get to verse 8, and we, we, we see this word again, it shows up again. It says, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, Plato, Pimpleme, permeated, saturated with the Holy Spirit, this ordinary fisherman, now filled with the Spirit, the one who had denied Christ three times, the one who kept sticking his foot in his mouth, the one who cut off the servant's ear when Jesus was arrested, that same Peter stands up and delivers this incredibly impassioned sermon. But it wasn't Peter's words, it wasn't his passion, it was the Spirit within him coming out that made the difference. It's never a pastor's words that make a difference in your heart that stirs you. It's God coming out that stirs his people. Scripture tells us that the people were cut to the heart by what Peter was saying. Peter didn't have that power. The spirit within him, though, did. He was saturated, permeated with the Holy Spirit. He didn't stand up and share a message without the Spirit. Go all the way back to Matthew chapter 4. Even Jesus Christ, fully God in his human form, didn't begin his earthly ministry until he was spirit-sourced to model for us, to show us, don't do it without him. You can't do it without him. Peter, filled with the Spirit. Can you imagine the other disciples? Who is that guy? Where did he come from? Is that the same Name Peter? To see the difference the Spirit makes in Peter's life had to be inspiring for all of them. Scripture tells us that 3,000 were baptized that day. So you get 120 believers, they've all been filled with the Spirit, they run outside, and Peter does this incredible message, and now they all get engaged in beginning to baptize. About 30 people each. They just start dunking, praising God, sharing the story openly, without shame, not because of who they were, but now because of who was in them. Keep going, Acts chapter 4, verse 31, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Blatho and Pleme. Filled the Spirit, shaken to their core. Then we also see the other side of Plato. See, it's not just the spirit that can fill us and saturate us. There's other things that fill us as well. Acts chapter 5, verse 17, then the high priest and all of his associates who were members of the party of the Sadducees. Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection. There's the high priest, all of his associates, the Sadducees, they're filled with jealousy. Plato with jealousy. Jealousy saturated them, filled them. It drove them to crucify Jesus Christ. It drove them to kill a man simply because he taught a different way or was eroding their authority. See, we, we can be filled, we will be filled with something. And church, I pray that we choose to be filled with the Spirit. It's funny how Peter... He gets arrested. He gets called before the Sanhedrin, if you will. And he, he asks to explain what it is that you're talking about, what's going on. And then Peter kind of goes on to tell them all the things that they've done. And, and he gets done explaining to them, and they look at each other. And the Scripture tells us in Acts chapter 4, verse 14, there was nothing they could say because they knew that he was right. There was nothing they could say. See, when we fulfill God's purposes for our lives through the Spirit, there's nothing the world can say. There is no response. It's the spirit that does the cutting. It's the spirit that makes God known. We just get the opportunity to be the vessel. The church know that we will be filled by something, with something. And if not the spirit, then we will find or the world will find something else to fill us with, to saturate our lives. Manly spirit sourcing emphasis now makes a little bit more sense. When we're man sourced, our lives are filled from the outside in. But when we're spirit sourced, when we're filled from the inside out, life begins a whole much, a whole lot differently. All of a sudden, the way we approach life changes. 
The way we approach ministry changes. The way that we worship changes. Conversations about the lack of the moving in our spirit, of moving in the spirit in our services, that, that's an outside-in conversation. We need to shift gears a little bit and start talking about an inside-out moving of the spirit. If you look at the idea of being filled, it should change every day. How we approach work, family, one another. And I wonder if at times we're longing and praying for the wrong thing. We want, Lord, come, on, come around us. Lord, 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 pour yourself out on us. And he's already done that. As Amy alluded to in our time of worship earlier, he's, he, that's already happened. But I love the lyric of the last song we sang. Make us more aware of your presence, what it is you're trying to do. So are we wanting a plethos filling, or are we content with a plero? The difference is critical. We long for God to continue to fill us from the outside in, or are we willing to allow him to fill us from the inside out? Admittedly, the outside in is much easier, requires nothing of us. We show up, the Spirit does the work, we kind of get to enjoy the benefit of it. But the inside out, a little more challenging. Requires us to die to ourselves, to be emptied. Requires us to allow the Spirit to permeate our very being. And that can't happen without some life changes, without some adjustments to our priorities, without us surrendering some very selfish parts of our lives. To give God complete control, to just be a vessel, waiting to be used by him in any way he sees fit. The church will never fully understand or fulfill God's plan and purpose for our lives or for our church, apart from being complete filled, inside out. We could spend a lot of time trying to figure that out, or we could begin the process of letting go and surrendering, letting him fill us now. For us to be truly spiritually formed in the image of God, for God's ever-increasing glory, today we get to choose again, outside in or inside out, God. Church of Sound has filled the room question for us is, are we prepared to be saturated, soaked to the bone by the gift that Jesus promised his church? I don't know what God's saying or how he's speaking to you. I'm going to invite Amy to come. I wasn't sure how I was going to close or what, where God was going to take me, but this is an important moment. We talk a lot about salvation in the church as we should. We're, we're told and then we're sent to share the gospel and the salvation message that Jesus Christ offers to us through his blood on the cross. But this is a message that's distinct and unique to the church, and not just church, but those who believe in holiness and moving of the Holy Spirit. There's a work that God still desires to do within us. An inside-out filling. Maybe you've come today and you just feel empty. The things you've allowed to fill your life haven't been satisfying. You find yourself wanting a little bit more. Let's shift gears from a pleroo filling. Say, God, I'm still chewing on this, but I want you to fill me from the inside out. What's inside of me, Lord? Would you just, just take it out of there and create room for you? It's an opportunity for surrender how young or how old you might be, this is a message for each of us. If there's anything you're holding on to, anything you're not willing to let go of, even in this moment, if you're having that conversation in your mind, I, I, God hears it. You're, you're trying to resist, try not to, I don't, I don't, don't go there. And you're filled with the wrong thing. a little deeper than most are used to. I get it. But I believe God's wanting to do some filling today. Still forming all of us. What do we need to allow him to empty out of us so that he can then come 
flooding in. I don't know what's going on in your heart or what conversations you're having, but I invite you to stand. And I want to pray over us today. Us, this is for me too. Every time I, <laughs> I, I live each message that I share, it's not always comfortable. I get it. I don't know what God's saying, but if I just, I feel it. Some of us are holding on, letting our lives be filled by the wrong thing. Give you an opportunity to come. Our altars are open. It's a place where we come, where we can be emptied, and where we can be filled. It's a place where he'll meet you. The sound is in the room. The room is filled with his spirit. It's here. Will you let him in here? Father, I pray for your church today, your people. Let us become more aware of your presence. I pray that your spirit would move. God, you would, we, we, would open, we would just let go of the locks. We would open up our lives and we would let you, Father, have your way with us. Lord, what even right now, there's some that are gripping so tightly to the things that have filled their lives. They don't want to let go. Or, or worse, they don't want others to know that something else has been allowed to creep in. I get it. I've been there. It's humbling. I often ask, why would you use Peter? And God, I see Peter was the perfect person to use. If you could use someone like him, then you can do it to each one of us. If you could fill someone like Peter, Lord, then you could fill each one of us. Lord, I believe there's some Peters in the house today. For so long, Lord, we've gotten comfortable. We've gotten used to this outside in filling. It does make us feel good. We enjoy it. It's even needed from time to time to be aware that you're around us. But God, we have the opportunity to always have you with us from the inside out. And Lord, I pray this morning for those that are having this conversation with you, for those that you're speaking to, Lord, that they would just let go. Empty us, God, and fill us up again for your ever-increasing glory. us this morning. So Lord, speak to us as we worship you. Six. 
experience the glory of your evidence of your spirit speaking and us being in conversation and hearing from you. And I ask, Lord, that that wouldn't stop simply because we conclude our time here together this morning. Lord, you would continue to speak, to remind, to reveal, to make us aware, to help us see, Lord, what's missing. To help us, God, to recognize what it is we've allowed to fill our lives or what we long, Lord, to have fill our lives. in us a hunger for you, a realization, God, that no matter how much of this world we try to allow in, we'll always be longing and wanting more. Lord, when we let you in, only, Lord, when we let you in, can we be filled to capacity? Can we then be super saturated? Only, God, when we allow you to permeate us, Lord, can we truly consider ourselves complete, fulfilled. We have encounters or interactions, God, to remind us what it is you're trying to do in us. God, I thank you that in your creativity, Lord, you, you saw everything that could get in the way. You saw everything, Lord, that would cause us to fall short. And you provided an answer. And Lord, you've given us an opportunity to experience you in all of your fullness. So God, while we bear evidence of your filling of this place, pray God we wouldn't stop there. And our idea, Lord, of our understanding of being filled changes today. Father, you would continue to draw your people close to you. I thank you for what you've done in this place this morning. Continue the work you've started in us. We're incomplete vessels, God, and you're still shaping, you're still firing, and you're still filling, Lord, and we give you praise for that. Father, I pray as we finish up today that as filled vessels, we would continue to add to your kingdom and you, Lord, would continue to bring ever-increasing glory back to yourselves through our lives. We love you today and we thank you for seeing something precious and valuable in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You're our filled vessels. Go. Splash on someone else who might need to receive what God's given you this morning. Have a great day.